How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And we are now joined by someone that I did years worth of college basketball content with. He's someone that I talk to a lot when it comes to prospecting NBA players. Uh, We have had him on the podcast before. I think he was one of the first 10 guests in the history of the Sims and Lefko podcast. Uh, And I asked him if he was upset that the Sonics left Seattle. And he was like, you don't know who the fuck I am. And no, I didn't. But now I do. He's one of my good friends. You know, that's the thing. Jordan Schultz. Let me say your name. Jordan Schultz. What were you going to say? Well, you know, it's hard when you're with a host who doesn't do his homework and didn't know the history and the pain behind it. Yeah, that's well, that's part of my cachet is that uh, I just come in raw. Like today, I I didn't tell you what we were going to talk. I just selection Sunday happened. Uh, I know that you pay a lot of attention to college basketball, the NBA. You do a lot of work uh, with the ESPN gambling show. I think you do a great job. Are you still on a winning streak? Yeah, actually, I am. Uh, I believe, I believe I am. Uh, I think we're at eight or nine in a row. So, oh wait, no, I was forced to. <laughs> I was forced to pick a game. I did not want to pick it. I'm still on an NBA streak. My college streak ended. Okay. Um, what what is just so everybody knows? Uh, your how have you been watching college basketball this year? How have you been taking it in? Do you take notes? Does it just get into your big brain? How have you absorbed the season? Well, I think for me, I take a lot of notes, but also I've gone back and rewatched Adam a lot of the the teams now that are in the tournament that are have have a shot to to win a game, to win a couple of games. So for mm-hmm. me, if you go back and for instance, like let's just pick a random conference, like okay, the Pac-12, right? They have a few teams in the tournament that are they're pretty good. They don't have a great team, but like USC as a six seed, I said a month ago I thought USC could potentially win three or four games like that's how talented they are and Mm. I look at when I evaluate picking games both against the spread and in the bracket I'm looking at who has the best players like that's how I start Mm. and in the case of USC they have a guy Evan Mobley who is basically a college Anthony Davis I mean he's seven feet he's extremely athletic he runs the floor um, he can make shots he blocks shots he's really really good really fun to watch He's the best big man in the country, him and Luca Garza. But in terms of NBA prospecting, he's a top three pick. So I would look at him, and then I say, okay, now what does USC have around him? Who's the coach? And with that in mind, how many games can they win? Oklahoma State's another one. You know, Cade Cunningham, the number one pick, who we all have really fallen in love with. This guy is a double-double, triple-double in the making. And I look at him, and I say, okay, this guy is like a Luka Doncic-Jason Tatum hybrid. That's how talented he is. That's why he's going to be the number one pick. So when I'm re-watching now the college games, especially the higher seeds, I'm really trying to figure out who are the best players, who are the NBA guys, and then we can work around with, does this have a good coach? How deep are they? Who are their senior guards? That's really my thought process. It's actually, now that I think about it, all the years that we spent doing college basketball together, you were really good at targeting who could be the Stephen F. Austin the Loyola Chicago that could go on a two, three game run, whether it's because they're laden with senior players or they have a coach that nobody knows about or the style, which they play is great. Um, Let's actually start there. Can we talk about the fact that you just said Cade Cunningham is a hybrid between Luca and Jason Tatum? Because what I want to talk first is not about who's going to be the Cinderella or who's going to make a run, but I really want to know who are the stars that everyone needs to focus on. 
I'm going to be doing updates and stuff for that and March Madness Live, but I still have an NBA mindset. But Kate Cunningham, I watched uh, the game against Baylor. And In the Big 12 tournament? Yes. And he yeah. had a great end of the game with some big time threes. But I found myself watching him a lot and going, I can't, he can't get to the basket whenever he wants. Like I, so is he in your mind, the easy first pick in the NBA draft already, even before the tournament? There's like four or five guys in that conversation. I, I want to know who mostly. those guys are. So walk okay. me through. We'll start with well, but a couple of them are the tournament. I mean, Kaminga is with really G good. He's, he's like got a chance to be special. Jalen Green is a monster. These you guys gotta talk to me like I'm five. I need to know which teams these guys are on. And if they're well, in the well, G well, League, say so. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're on G League Ignite. Okay. They're not in the actual NCAA tournament. So we can separate that. And trust me, I've watched plenty of G League, way more than I care to talk about. Um, but in terms of the tournament, yeah. So I, I'm glad you brought up that point about Cunningham because I've asked executives, coaches like with Cade, is he explosive enough? And he does have a tendency, if you watch Oklahoma State, for seven or eight minutes where he'll have, like, a rebound and That's two it. points. And you wonder, like, is this guy really that elite? But I think the, the grand scheme of things with him is he shoots the ball extremely well. He gets to the basket in his own way, at his own pace. And that's why I talked about Doncic, kind yeah. of that middling pace where he gets you on his hip and then he'll change direction and all of a sudden he's at the cup. Or he'll post you up and he'll give you a nice little fake to the left and he'll spin. He's got great footwork, great touch. He can use either hand. And then, and then it, like, this is the separator. He's 6'8". You know, mm. like, when I think about great college point guards who have been 6'6 and higher, Penny Hardaway is one that comes to mind. Cade Cunningham's another. He's got that kind of sleepy game. But within that, he's so skilled and abundantly intelligent that yeah. I think he's going to be a great pro. I also love the fact that Every time I watch him, and I've watched him a few times this year, killer instinct, incredible teammate. But yeah. I think that we're there's there's two guys in two sports that I think are going to scare me. Like Steph Curry got a lot of small guys that could shoot drafted. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Jordan Love is the next Patrick Mahomes. Zach Wilson, North, Trey Lance is the next Pat. Like th that's going to get a lot of guys overdrafted. Luca, there is a fine line between slow and crafty. And I think, and I'm not saying Kate Cunningham is slow, but I think that a lot of slower guys, but oh, he's like Luca. He plays at his own pace. Luca is a generational guy, but I, I get what you're saying. Okay, so uh, Kate Cunningham. Go back, though. Let me, let me just tell you this. If, if you want to dive into the Kate Cunningham well, and there's not a lot of tape, obviously, because he's only played one year, go back and watch him. I think he was on the Texas Titans or Texas Legends. He was like an AAU sensation because the way he played against other elite guys, like, like Peach Jam or whatever, some of these tournaments where he's playing against other great athletes in that pace where it's more up and down. I saw enough of what I needed to see in terms of the pace, in terms of his speed. Um, right. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, it's fine. So Kate Cunningham, four seed Oklahoma state. They're in the Midwest. They should have uh, been a two or a three. That's why I brought them up too. It's a, it's a really interesting bracket on that side, but I, I want to stay on the guys that are the most special. So if he's the number one, who's the next guy in the tournament that we should be tuning in to focus on this guy? I think Mobley. I think Mobley's really, he's and that special. USC. Yeah, he's a USC. He's a center. His brother's there too, Isaiah Mobley. So, and they play together in tandem. Um, the thing about Evan Mobley, I mentioned Anthony Davis. That, that's like the type of ability he has. I mean, it's so rare, Adam, that we see 
a big guy, and I'm talking about like a seven-footer, come into college basketball and be this skilled and this ready to play? I mean, he's basically 20 and 10, and he passes, he runs the floor. I talk, he has all these NBA skills. He's not like this green, raw, big, who's just athletic. Like, he's not, he's not ashamed to beat. You know, he's a guy that can come in and instantly he'll impact an NBA locker room. He'll impact the floor because he's that big. He's that skilled. Another guy that maybe isn't on the radar as much, though, but who I love and who has been off the radar, too, because he's he's been out is James Booknight. And I don't know if you've seen him. He's a mm-hmm. Connecticut. They're a seven, I think. But he has like yeah, big seven in the ability. East. Yeah, big, big guard, um, athletic. All these guys are athletic, but he's like next level. Uh, shoots the ball really well. He's like, um, he's kind of like this this classic big college guard who can score in a variety of ways. Um, U- UConn is a dangerous team. They're a seven seed, and he's the reason why they can win a few games. And I think Book Knight is he's probably like a top. He, he's going to be a top ten pick, um, and he's got the ability to be like an all star. He's He's really a, a nice young player. And just for my NBA brain, how many guys on that Ignite team do you think are going to be top picks out of the G League? So the, the, the three guys that have gotten the most publicity, and rightfully so, are Isaiah Todd, who had committed to Michigan and then decommitted. Damn. And went to, You're telling yeah, me that number one seed would have also had him. Yeah. Wow. Uh, can you imagine? And, and they don't have livers, by the way. So we're going to talk one seed's in trouble. You know, they Michigan are definitely one the one of them. That's a tr- yeah. big, a big problem for them. But yeah, so Todd committed to Michigan, then says, "No, I want to go play pro." So ultimately, decides to go to the G League Ignite. He's he's probably the most raw. He's the furthest away. Um, then you have Jalen Green, who really is a, a potential number one pick. I mean, he's he's in the conversation. He's about a six seven, super explosive power guard. He's, he reminds me of like a Jalen Brown, except he's got more wiggle. Um, and I think he's an all-star. I mean, he's really, really good. He's tough. He's, he's one of the younger players in the draft. And then there's Jonathan Kuminga, who is like a mix of, um, he's kind of got some like Lamar Odom to him. He's not that big. He's about six, seven, six, six. He was supposed to go to Texas, another team that would have been loaded and he's left-handed. He's athletic, long, a really good defender, like a one through five defender. And has actually shot the ball extremely well in the ball. There's a big guy on Texas that has an incredible college basketball name. What is it? Jackson Hayes from last year? No, 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 no. On Texas. Oh, um, yeah, the the six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) We're blanking on the name. My favorite thing is not watching. I'm blanking on the name. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. My favorite thing is not watching is not watching college basketball year and then hearing the name of a player and being like, what a name. I was literally just talking about him two hours ago. Um, Jericho Sims. Yeah. Yeah. He's what a name. What a name. He's actually Texas has had this pipeline of like centers. I said, Hayes, obviously miles Turner. Um, He he's like, he Jericho Sims can play. He's not as skilled. I, I do like him. I do like Matt Coleman a lot. Um, that's a great story. Andrew Jones, who you know has who overcame cancer, this is his first NCAA tournament. I'm really excited about Texas. I I have Texas in the Final Four as a as an FYI. I think they're a three seed. I, I like that team a lot. 
Were there any other big pro prospects that you didn't name other than Cunningham, Booknight, Mobley, anyone else that you think um, – any that's the top of the crust, and then my next question is going to be like sleeper guys, are there, or or like the the Steph Curry, Dwayne Wade's okay. and I, of the like the Marquette surprise run, a Davidson surprise okay, run okay. type of guys. So you mentioned like small guards that have gotten drafted. Uh he was so Johnny Flynn was he was drafted ahead of Steph. Yes, he right? was. Yeah. Um, but a yeah, lot let's of just let's just say that. that the Timberwolves drafted three guards in that draft: Ricky Rubio, Johnny Rubio. Flynn, and uh, North Carolina. Not Lawson. No, it would have been. Uh, it would have been. Uh, was it Lawson? Uh, no. I'll look it up. But anyway, what we so small guards? No, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna fixate on this. God damn it! Who is the See, Carolina guard? You got you got that. Oh, Marcus that. William. I mean, um, uh. Uh, uh, not Marcus, UConn. Um, why do you do this to me? It's TJ Lawson, Ty Lawson. Ty yeah, it was Lawson. Ty Lawson. You're right. You're right. You're right. But it was okay. after that one was after stuff. Well, okay. So Thank here, you, here's all I answer that. Every year it seems like we have the next Kemba. It's got, I was watching your pod with with Connor. Connor said every year we hear, oh, we have the next Tyreek. Right. And that's like this ridiculous compare. Oh, he's small. He's fast. He must be like Tyreek Hill. Well, every year we want the next Kemba. I have I have the next Kemba for you, and I have a great sleeper. So here are my two guys. Now, I don't know how much you've seen of Iota Sumo in Illinois. Illinois. But he, he, he looks like a superhero. He wears this crazy mask that he designed. So And he's Illinois, very good at social media. So he fits all the things that I yeah, like. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. So, he took all those Kobe, those uh, Kobe Bryant esque yeah. pictures yesterday. Yeah. That was well. Great. He decided he wanted a, a hybrid of like a Kobe and a LeBron mask, and he created his own version. I now, love that. Yeah, here's the thing about about Illinois and specifically DeSumo. Um, he comes back to school. He was really good last year. He he doesn't get Big Ten Player of the Year. That goes to Garza, but he's first team All Big Ten. Illinois makes this. They've had a terrific year. They have a coach at Brad Underwood who. You know, you Stephen F. Austin. What? Stephen F. Austin. He was their yeah, coach a few years SFA. ago. Went to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oh, State I looked it up. I was like, I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. We've got the Lumberjacks, the Cowboys, and now the Illini. And the thing about uh, him is they used to play, his teams always played super slow and sluggish. And now they play fast because of DeSumo. DeSumo is Kemba Walker 2.0. Mm. He has all those types of gimmicky moves, and I don't even mean that in a negative. I mean, like, he's got all the tricks. He's the fastest player in the country, inline to inline. He scores at every possible angle. And, like, when I think about evaluating small guards, the first thing I want to know is how do they finish at the rim? Because you have guys that are going to finish above the rim. Those are the Jason Tatums of the world. Then you have guys that finish at the rim. That's like a Devin Booker. And then you have below the rim. Tony Parker was 6'2", but always seemed to finish at 62 63% at the rim, which was the highest out of small mm. guards. He was always at the top. Kemba, earlier in his career, not necessarily anymore, but earlier he had that patented floater. He certainly had it at UConn. He would finish in the lane, and he would get to the line. DeSumo has that, Adam, where mm. he's not 6'6", but he's extremely quick. He changes direction as fast as anyone, and he gets to the line, and then he's also going to finish with both hands around the rim, below the rim. He's got a great in-between game. 
Mm. Yeah, I think what you were saying about the gimmicky stuff is what Kemba always did great was he would set people up. Uh, and he would, whether it was a crossover or a step back, he always could take you off balance. This is for my own brain so that I don't uh, get really in trouble if I have to do an Illinois update. Um, how do you pronounce the big man's last Kofi name? Kofi Coburn. 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 For, yeah, because I didn't read it. The like CK is silent. For the, for those that don't know, it's it's spelled Cockburn, and yeah. and yeah. and I'm sitting there and I'm going, "You got to be kidding me!" No. And then Nance called him Coburn, and I was like, "I would have gotten in trouble with that one." It's 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 Coburn. It's how ironic. big is he? How what? How big is that kid? He's he looks like he's seven one, two seventy, two sixty. Yeah, he's not quite. A, for, I don't think he's quite seven feet, but you know, when you're six eleven, he plays. Like, who, who would I describe? He's like Ben Wallace of college. That guy is an absolute monster. He's a tank. He's a, he he's gives a me, he up. gives me, he gives me a Rinzei Anawaku vibes. But yeah, but Anawaku had that little kind of, you, you, you know, uh, 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 in between, he was kind of slippery. Coburn mm. is just straight power. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. rip, rip. He's power. Uh, he, he's got a decent touch, but what's, the, the, the thing about him is I talked about Underwood playing fast. He's so athletic, Coburn. He runs the floor. He can get down. He also doesn't, unlike a lot of big men, he doesn't really get in foul trouble. That, that's not an issue for him. It's why I like Illinois a lot. because Who is the other guard on Illinois? That's Fred Fraser. <sighs> He's terrific. When DeSumo was out at Michigan, Fraser yeah. went for 30-plus, and that told me, okay, Illinois can win if DeSumo has an odd bad night. And that was a uh, big win. I mean, that was, that was a huge that was win at Michigan. They blew him out. All right. So you talk about the sumo. You said you had another Cinderella at the guard position for me. Well, I like Ohio. And Ohio was in the tournament about a decade ago. This is, by the way, let me just give some context. They are the 13 seed in the West bracket. If you're looking at your bracket, that's the upper West. So that's uh, the West is crazy. You're talking about Gonzaga, the the number one team. You just talked about USC at six, and now Ohio at 13 taking on the defending national champions, Virginia, because we didn't have one last year. Okay, so what did you like about Ohio? Well, Ohio, so go back 10 years ago. They they beat Georgetown. They go to the Sweet 16. They had a little guard. Now they have another guard, Mr. Preston. This guy is going to be a first-round pick. He he has a great story, a, a great story, basically unrecruited. And decides to go to Ohio and has been the best player in that league the last two years. It's a good league. The MAC is a good league. It's tough. Uh, you have a lot of good physical guys come out of that league. Um, and I would look at Ohio and say, okay, the, what what are the Bobcat? What can the Bobcats do to beat Virginia or to at least cover a seven and a half point spread? Now the answer is score. And Jason Preston is that guy. He he is six six. He's kind of got this slippery in-between game that we that we I love these kind of guys that kind of like they're not super explosive. Like he kind of reminds me of CJ McCollum in that regard, where he, he, all of a sudden he takes one or two dribbles and he's got a, a ton of space right. and he's gonna bury a triple. He shoots the ball well. He's he's a guy that can go for 30 against anyone, maybe not against Virginia because of the pace, but Ohio's gonna try to speed him up. I don't know if they can, but they'll be able to score enough points to keep that game close. And if you're looking for a, a big upset, I know 13-4 is not a huge one, but it's yeah. fairly big. That would be that's the 13-4 that I like. Okay. Um, what about in terms of 
the top two lines, one and two seeds that you think could be in trouble. And I know you mentioned Michigan uh, because of their injuries. Uh, Anyone else that you wouldn't, that you're a little bit hesitant to keep advancing as we normally would a one or a two. Yeah. Well, I'm really worried about Michigan. I mean, that's a, that's a very good team. Uh, They they rely so much on livers to get them out of trouble in a shot clock. And I love Juwan Howard. He's done a hell of a job. Uh, Dickinson's really good. It's like a seven foot point point center forward guy. I mean, he's, yeah. he's talented, but I think not having livers is going to really impact them. Maybe they win a, they'll probably win two games, but that would be the team I would say as a one seed. It's just a brutal, I mean, like you remember years back in 2000 when Cincinnati was number one all year, they of lost Kenny Marty breaks his leg. That's not this because livers isn't going to be number one pick, but that's how much they rely on him. So gotcha. it's a big loss for Michigan. Um, other ones and twos. Here are the, uh, the love- ones. Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois. The twos are Iowa, Ohio State, Alabama, and Houston. Yeah, I love Ohio State. I think uh, Liddell is really good. Washington shoots the ball well. He's like They're both those guys average 16. Just thinking out loud here. I would say Alabama. Houston. Yeah, I like I like Houston too. Um, okay. Who? No, I like those twos. I like those twos. I, I I actually really like Alabama, and if they play Texas, I think it would be in the sixteen. Is that right? Alabama would be it. The the their area is Connecticut. They might have to face Connecticut in the second round. You're talking about book night, book night and then yeah. Texas and BYU or the three and the six. Yeah, that would there. be a really fun game because you have just the thing about Alabama is they're going to play fast physical, uh, you know, Nate Oates, who I've gotten to know really well. He was at Buffalo before and has now been in Alabama, and they, they've had a, a really a great season. They don't have, like, a clear-cut number one who's their best player. They just have a lot of guys that are really good. Uh, okay. John Petty's good. Quinterly's good. They play fast. I like the twos. I think the threes. Is Villanova a three? Villanova is a five. Villanova's a five, yeah. I'm extremely concerned about them. Losing Gillespie. The threes a, are Texas. Killer. West Virginia, Arkansas, and Kansas. I would look at Arkansas and say that's that team is very vulnerable. Um, now they're taking on Colgate, the 14 yeah. seed, and they couldn't shut up on the broadcast yesterday about how about fast and how much Colgate scores and this game could be to 100. Well, Colgate could lose this game by 30 because Arkansas is going to do all the same stuff better. Gotcha. Uh, Arkansas has Moses Moody, who's Who's he's? I don't know why he's under the radar. Um, he's like, he's just a dog. He plays I mean, in he's, Arkansas, he's like your Charlie. classic kind of like, like a scrap. He's kind of you know he might he reminds me of Bruce Brown. If you watch the Nets play, absolutely six five he's, center. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> who like runs pick and roll as like the roll guy. Yeah, I was at the Nets game the other night and like this guy's literally running pick and roll as like a pop man. It, it's, it's incredible. An him, but, and, but that's, him so Moody, and Josh Hart do, act like they're seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah. But but Moody plays like with that kind of chip. Um, he he can score. Uh, you know, with the interesting thing about Arkansas is their head coach, another transfer, if you will, Musselman had Nevada rolling. They went to an Elite Eight, and yeah. he's kind of th- that team reflects him. I mean, he's 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 all over the place. You know, if you watch him, you think he's playing. He he's like a maniac on the sidelines. That's how Arkansas plays. They almost it almost they almost play like like uh, 
uh, how they used to play under Mike Anderson and Nolan Richardson, except they're a little bit more controlled and they're more talented. I think that was the issue with Mike Anderson. They never really had the talent. The Arkansas plays fast, but they're, they're, it's, it's under control. And I think that's going to be a great game. I don't, I don't think Colgate has the horses, but if you're mm. looking for an over, I haven't even looked at that over. That would be the over to pick, regardless of how much Vegas uh, adjusts. I thought you brought By up the way, can I just say point. one thing? Colgate sure. was one of the very few Division One letters I received. Yeah, for those that don't know, Jordan Schultz can shoot the hell out of a basketball. So Colgate sent you one. You didn't want to go to Colgate? They, they, sent, they sent me a letter. I, I have it somewhere in Seattle. <laughs> and I remember it was like a Donald Foyle went here. And that was kind of like the thing. You know, and he was a Donald Foyle. When your best player in program history by far is a Donald Foyle, you know you got a problem. And that was for me receiving a Division One letter from Colgate. No re- you didn't need to go after a Donald Foyle's career right there. Like you came after his whole life. He had a no, great no, career. no. I, Donald Foyle is a great guy, but but that's their best player by far. Um. What, what's really funny about listening to you now is I think about a few years ago when we had to do all these videos and I think, oh, Musselman in Nevada. Or I think about uh, the guy that's at Illinois right now and Brad we Underwood. used to watch him at yeah, Brad Underwood at Stephen F. Austin. Who are the or, coaches? Or, or, or Andy Infield at, 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 at uh, uh, Lob City, Dunk City. And now he's what, at USC? Now he's at SC. He was at Florida Gulf Coast, and it took him a while to get How SC about Shaka going. Smart at Texas? Shaka like it's, Smart at UCU. So, so my question is, who are the coaches in this tournament the that next? you think? Yeah, who, who do you who should we be looking at? Going, oh, they could be the next big opening. Oh, I like that. This is a good question. I got it for you, baby. I got it. For you. I'm gonna name one name. I, I already know. Okay. I'm gonna I, before I even say his name, I'll tell you. Uh, see if you can guess. Can we do that game? Sure. Okay. He played in the NBA. He coached in the SEC, and now he takes a team for the first time in school history to the NCAA tournament. Well, it's not Rick Patino. <laughs> no. How about Rick? How about Rick, how about Rick how Patino about Rick? gets no, in and Kentucky and Louisville don't get in? Uh, They're going to get I don't know. blown out not... by Alabama, by the way. That's okay, like so a... I, don't, I don't know who the guy is. Okay, it's, it's, it, the guy who's going to be the next, if you will, is Bryce Drew. Ooh. So, so Bryce, for those who don't know, he was at Vanderbilt, and they went to a tournament. They recruited Darius Garland. He, he got Garland, and that was, like, obviously a monster recruit. Garland ends up tearing his ACL, and, and they have a, the worst year in, in school history. And, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Bryce lost his job at Vandy. But now he's at Grand Canyon University, who's in the WAC. I happen to play at Seattle U, who's currently in the WAC. Not a great league. Not a great league, but but they are the, the 15th seed are in 15 the West seed. taking on Iowa. Yeah, it's it's a it's a brutal matchup. I, I texted with Bryce uh, about an hour ago. They they know they have their hands full, but I I'm a big Bryce True guy. I think to go to a school that has never been dancing and then to take them in his first year, Adam, first year, um, especially under COVID situation, I think is a great story. Um, but uh, I do like Bryce. I think. You know, he, he's a guy that could certainly be a head coach um, again in a big league in a couple of years. Um, more, let me, let me let me think about that though. Some under the radar guys. Um, 
I'll tell you what, Mike Boynton doing what he's doing in Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. I just I, I was when I was watching him in the Big Twelve tournament and I just saw the way he was interacting with the reporter, I was like, that guy is gonna kill on the recruiting trail. Like he's just cool and he's yeah. an underwood understudy. I was like, I don't know if he wants to stay there, but I was like, he's got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does, but he's already at a big school. Yeah, of course, of course. But so, um hold on, can I just I'll I feel give like five I need to give you one more. Uh, I gotta give you one more. I got. I gotta. I gotta give you a really good. I have faith. I think you. It will. was Juwan Howard. Now he's now he's in Michigan. Who's he's done a hell of a job. Who's the coach of Winthrop? Huh? Who's the coach of Winthrop? Do you know that? Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's not leaving though. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if they beat Villanova in the first round, which everyone's, I bet you mm. that to me is the twelve five that everyone's going to pick. Is Villanova going down? Everyone loves the 12 fives. That's true. All right. I'll, well, maybe we, I could think. Um, I, you know who's a great coach? Pat is, Kelsey, who I, by the way. Huh? Pat Kelsey is the head coach of Winthrop. Yeah, he's, he's terrific. Uh, he, he's, I don't think he's going to leave. Away uh, 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 Tinkle at Oregon State. Now, he's been there a long time, and this is a big deal for them to go. But I do love him. I, I think he's like uh, super old school. I, I, I like I like coaches whose team reflects the personality. If the personality right. is a good one, he's that guy. He's fun, but he's tough. Players love him. Um, so I, I like I like Wayne Tinkle. Yeah, this is another thing. If you don't know Jordan Schultz, he doesn't like bad people. If he thinks that you're a bad person, he will root against you for the extent of your life. You only like yeah. good people, which is a reason I like you. Well, that's that's always been our thing. Is you would you would. By year two, you would say, I know you don't like that team. I know you don't like that coach. Yeah. I get to I get to learn your takes. You didn't like me for a little bit. You thought I was a bad guy. I didn't think you were a bad guy. I thought you were confused. <laughs> <laughs> what was I confused about? I just I was like, who is this? First of all, you're not six two. You go around masquerading. You're about six one and a quarter. It's BS. <laughs> you're, you're just not. And secondly, six you, one and a quarter. You 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 told me. Here, here, here's why I, here's I love you. Here's why I love you. I I didn't know who you were. I was like, who is this like Jewish kid from Philadelphia with the swag? I I didn't know what what the deal was. But then you told me a story that I'll never forget, and oh, that's shit. when I loved you. You said you used to play in these AAU tournaments, and you go in, and instantly you go to the corner, and they would yell shooter shooter, and yeah, you would I, say. But you told me, you know, the truth is I wasn't a great shooter. Oh, so I was actually telling the story to Wade the other day because he was asking me about if I was good at basketball. And I said, I said, here's a story that you'll appreciate. I probably have told this on the podcast before. Uh, I had a, a JV coach that asked me to join his AAU team. Uh, his name was Brother Leon. And uh, I didn't know that I was the only white guy on the team when I showed up. And so uh, we had we had these jerseys on the back. It said Brotherhood with an A. And uh, oh, I we we would go bad. to these tournaments. We went to the Charlie Weber Invitational in in Maryland. Uh, big tournament. tournament. There's a big tournament. Yeah, I remember I had five points in one game, and I was like calling my dad. I was like, yeah, I hit three. A three and a layup. And uh, and but what we realized was is that if they put me in the game and I sat on the wing people inherently thought I could shoot because they were like, why is this white guy on the team to the point where like 
when Brother Leon would check me in, he as I would go to the scoring table, he would go, got to get my shooter in. Like he would say it loud <laughs> enough for the other team to hear it. And so when so, I, I would go so in there was, and I would just was, clap madly. I would be like, yeah. and, and but it would open up the lane for the pick and roll on the other side, which was great. How long did it take them to realize that, you know, this guy, he, I didn't really, really get the ball. So they, and that I really, my game was, I need to hit shots and warmups. I need them to see a few go in. Yeah. And if I if I wasn't feeling it, we're doing reverse layups. We're going to try and show some form of athleticism to where they can believe it a little bit. You know, what I, mean? I love that story. One time, the opposite of that. I don't want to digress too much, but can I tell you a, a thirty? This is second? a digression. Yeah, this, we are a very tangential conversation per people, so this is perfect. Yeah, continue. Now I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I think it was my sophomore junior year of high school, and I was starting to become a, a really good player. We were playing a school in like Eastern Washington, you know, from Seattle. So the other side of the state and, you know, there's no scattering report. Nobody knows who anyone is. And I decide in warmups, I'm just going to look like a complete bozo. I'm going to brick everything. I'm going to shoot left-handed. I'm going to purpose. I'm like, I'm like in the movie. Along came Polly. I'm like Philip Seymour Hoffman raindrops. I mean, we're talking like, I'm, and I'm yelling like buckets. You know, <laughs> and I would miss the shot. I'd be like, yo, let me get that one back. Oh, it came off wrong. You know, oh, this cut in my finger. Oh, man. Is it, I, is it windy in here? So I would, I was so bad. And it, it was like, you know, it was like to the point where if, if you were watching, you would, you would probably think, oh, this guy's like, he's on the team, but he's not, he doesn't, he's not really on the team. Yeah, and so um, the game starts, and I, for whatever reason, they they bought it. I guess you know they didn't. They were watching me in warmups, and they felt like this guy, you know, we don't need to pay attention to him. He's starting. Maybe he's a senior. It's like a special tournament. So I get in the game, and I had a great game. I don't know how many points I scored. It was probably in the thirties, high twenties. And I remember after the game, the coach came up to me, one of the assistants probably, and he was like, "What was that pregame?" thing you were doing and i was like oh you know i just having some fun with you guys i thought it might make a difference and he's like he's like honestly he's like nobody's ever done that but he's like we we, we said like leave 32 open you know <laughs> don't 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 go at 32 in the first five minutes and i probably like realistically i probably let's say i made or missed my first few shots it wasn't like a hot start so i was able to play it on for quite some time and then ultimately they yeah, caught out the but, difference but is, like, is, it was you, always you my wanted, to do that. That's awesome. I love that you were like, let me pretend I'm bad in warmups and then be good in the game. And I'm like, let me pretend I'm amazing in warmups just to hide the fact that I would get. Oh, uh, did I ever tell you the time I got a technical foul? Uh, no, in I high love school? Uh, We were playing uh, one of our rivals uh, and I got in with a good amount of time, like eight minutes in the second Big half. Time. And I was like, oh, we're getting time today. And uh, there was this kid on the other team that I had faced in a bunch of different leagues. And I just didn't like him. Like, I don't know what it was. Uh, was he at Abington or Abington and Friends? He was at Friends Central, the uh, former all alma mater. The former alma mater of um, uh, Hakeem Warwick. You mean uh, and, Warwick? And uh, uh, Muhammad Shakur. I think I said his name right. Wow. 
Uh, but anyway, you mean, uh, wait, you mean Mustafa Shakur? Thank you. Mustafa Shakur. Yeah. My apologies. Went to Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and I blocked this kid's shot and the ball landed in my hands and I chest passed it right at him really hard. And the refs teed me up and the crowd's going nuts. Cause like I'm the, I'm the idiot on the team. I'm the class clown on the team. And as I'm walking to the bench, he just looked at me like I was going to give you eight minutes and you just got teed up and I came off and I'm like, you know, <laughs> signaling to the crowd. I, you know, I, you're I like, was just you're a, like, um, you're basically like a glorified mascot. Kind of. Yeah. But I could, you listen, I was smooth and I always made the right pass. And you but why know, did you, you did something well. Why did you throw it away with the tech? Because that, I mean, come on, you're asking me why, like, that's just who I am. That's in my nature. I'm trying to put on a show. Okay. You're I'm not trying to like put my head down. Yeah. I'm a showman. I'm a okay. You know, um, high school Adam and high school Jordan would not have been good friends. No, not at all. No, no, I wouldn't have liked you. We would have. I wouldn't have liked, I wouldn't have liked you at all. Okay. You mentioned your final four earlier. Who do you have in your final? You, did you do your whole bracket? I, I, to be, no, I just, I, I have Texas. So do you do final your final four. four and then reverse engineer it? No, I'll I'll go through the bracket, but I don't I don't feel it out till I feel like I really understand everything, which is you know probably not going to happen. But I, I won't fill it out really till Wednesday. So do you have Gonzaga in your final four? Gonzaga has been and is the best team in the country. Um, do you have Baylor in your final four? Is blasphemy. Yeah. Do you have Baylor in your final four? Yes. Okay. Uh, I did a thing with Joe Lenardi last week, and he said that. You know, we've only had one year, 2008, where all four number one seeds made it. Um, he goes, this could be the second year. But no. but now with Michigan being the one, I don't. I, it doesn't sound like you have Michigan in your final four. No, I think they're going to be lucky to get – they'll be lucky to win three games. You know, so in just, that East, the two is, Atlanta, is Alabama, the three is Texas, the four is Florida State. You got UConn at seven, who you've already said you liked. Colorado is the five. Uh, BYU Colorado's is the six. Colorado's going to lose in the first round. To Georgetown and Patrick yeah. Ewing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's – So who uh, do you like? Uh, it sounds like you like Alabama coming out of the East. No, that's Texas. That's Texas. Oh, you like Texas, the three seed out of the East. Yeah, no, I like Texas a lot. I So so my thing with, with Texas is like, before the season started, I thought if if everything goes well, you know, which means guys stay healthy, there's no COVID issues, Texas has a great shot to um, to be like a, a legit contending team. Now, whatever, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means they're in the top 10, top 15. They started off really well. Then they had their issues. Obviously, Shaka did. Then they get hot, and I thought for them to win the Big 12 tournament and for them to play as well as they did, they're they're like so Georgetown's playing great, right? They snuck in. Texas has been really good all year, and now they're playing their best basketball. Mm. They have two really good guards in Andrew Jones and Matt Coleman, and I would I would go so far to say is like Coleman's going to become a household name in this tournament because Texas is going to win four games. He's left-handed. Um, he's super aggressive. They rely on him a lot to get downhill and make plays. Like he's there, DeSumo, if you will. Um, he's fun to watch. He's a little bit unorthodox because he's kind of got that. Um, uh, he's really long-limbed and he plays much bigger than he is. Gotcha. He shoots the ball. He's not like a great shooter, but he makes shots. He's one of those guys. I just love watching him play. 
And, you know, the thing about Chuck is smart. And I know he's been criticized a lot over the last few years at Texas, not really being able to get them rolling. But, but this team specifically is like those VCU teams, except they're, they're way more talented. And you mentioned Jericho Sims earlier, just an enforcer. Um, they have shoulders, beaten, man. Yeah. Shoulders. And they, and they played that big 12 schedule extremely well. That's a great league. Uh, I think Texas is, is um, a really fun team to watch. I, I hope for the sake of, uh, college basketball fans that you get to see Coleman and Jones. That's a fun backcourt. Midwest, you have Illinois going to yeah, the final so they're four. The, they're the two. Is that right? They're, one. they're one. No, they're one. They're one. So they're Illinois, one. Houston's two. West yeah. Virginia's three. Oklahoma State is four. Yeah, Tennessee no, that's a great. Five. That's a great draw for Illinois. Um, I thought. So you, have, so you have three number ones in Texas. That's that would be my final four as of right now. Yeah. Mm. And then you, you mentioned earlier Gonzaga's far and away the best. Um, if you're if you're so, betting, because I, I heard Barkley say this, he said, if you gave me Gonzaga and Baylor and then you took the field, he goes, I would be comfortable with that. Is there a gap between Gonzaga, Baylor, and everybody else? Well, there's a gap between Gonzaga and Baylor in that, oh. yeah, so, so Baylor's really good, but, but Baylor, and they have a great backcourt. I mean, Teague is terrific. Um, I, I, he's, Butler's really good. Those guys are legit players. But the thing about Gonzaga is you have, we talked about earlier, identifying great players. So Cunningham is one of them. Jalen Suggs is the other one. Yeah, I was I surprised mean, you didn't mention Suggs earlier. Do you see him going to the NBA after this year? Oh, yeah. No, Suggs, Suggs is a bona fide top five pick. I mean, oh. Suggs is the closest thing to Russell Westbrook that college basketball has seen in the last decade. Wow. Suggs is 6'4". Remember, too, he was an elite high school quarterback with huge offers. And he has that kind of 6'3 and a half, 6'4 power game. He doesn't shoot the ball great, but he... I've seen some three. incredible passes from him this year. He, he, he sees the floor so well. And for a guy his age who hasn't played a lot of basketball like Westbrook was a late developing guy. You know, he, he wasn't heavily recruited. It was really his, by the end of his second year of software at UCLA, that people really took notice. That's the kind of game that Suggs has now where all of a sudden you watch him and you think, okay, what can't this guy do? He's really athletic. He mm. guards the whole game. Um, he gets in passing lanes. He's tough. He's strong. He has a great step back game. He pick and roll. He's off the charts. And we talked about finishing below the rim and at the rim. Jalen Suggs finishes above the rim. That mm. guy is a freak athlete at the point guard position, which is really where we've seen basketball go so much more. And when I've asked around on him, you know, is there a real glaring weakness? The answer is no. Like he's, he does everything and he's led that team all year. Now they also have great players around him. I mean, Drew Timmy is, a 6'10", two-way guy that can make shots. He was – go back and watch them against – I think it was it was against USF. Now, I know that's not a great team, but he was dominant in that game in a way that very few guys at this level can be. He's not Luka Garza, but he has that type of offensive game where he's three-level, he can score. And then there's a guy on that team who's the West Coast Conference Player of the Year in Corey Kispert, who is a classic – four-year guy that has stayed and gotten better every year. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga you know, has that mix, got, the young studs, the vets, yeah. like they, oh, they have everything I mean, you Timmy's want. Timmy's a redshirt sophomore, so he's a three-year guy. 
Suggs is a freshman. I haven't even mentioned my guy, Joel Ayayi. That guy is a baller, a French kid who can really go. They have four NBA prospects on that team. So the basketball brain of Jordan Schultz sounds like you're going to pick Gonzaga to win it all. The gambling brain, when you know that everybody else is going to take them as well, do you try and fade the public there? Or do you go, this is right, I got to win my bracket the rest of the way? Well, if there's – so. Uh, okay, how about a, if there's non-Baylor, non-Gonzaga team to win it all, it prob- for me, it'd probably be Illinois. Mm. That would probably be the team that's like... But if you want a team that who's off the radar, like sure. nobody's talking about this team to win it all, is Ohio State a two? No. Three. Ohio State, as I look at my bracket, Ohio State is... Three. There are two. I, I yeah, there are I two seed in Baylor's bracket. Yeah, so there's not a team that's less talked about on the two line than Ohio State. I mean, you know, like Houston's been talked about. Ohio State, because they're in the shadow maybe of, of Iowa and Illinois and, and Michigan to an extent. They just took Ohio Illinois State, to overtime in the championship. And and, and that's like and Washington's how, dropping 34 on well, or something. Like Dwayne that. Washington Jr. is a baller. I mean, yeah. that guy can get you 30. They have a really good offense. I mean, Chris Holtman, who was at Butler, you know, he took over for, for um, Brad Stevens. Yep. Chris Holtman is a terrific offensive coach. And when you watch Ohio State, there's nothing they can't do offensively. They have great sets. They're organized. They shoot the ball. And then their X factor, you mentioned Washington, is EJ, is, is EJ Liddell. Um, he's kind of like a Jared Solinger type of player. Jared where, Solinger. Yeah, yeah. What but NBA he, draft he, was he in where, where people thought he was going to be like a top pick? Who well, he that? was a massive recruit, and they had a really good college career, and then I think he – but he still went in the first round, I think. Oh, I think he was a top pick. He wasn't a lottery guy, I don't think. Can I get – Adam, can I get a sip of water? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you have to go not, and get it. Well, it's just right here. I'm out of water. This uh, break is brought to you by water. Uh, water. It's a natural uh, <laughs> element uh, that's formed with two parts of hydrogen and one part oxygen. And we're back. Okay, so Ohio State. Okay, can I ask you a different, an, an overarching question? Well, just go back to Liddell. Like, they have two guys that average 16 and that can get you 25-30. Liddell is an inside-out kind of just classic Big Ten bruiser, but he's skilled. Um, I like both those guys, and I and I really like Holtman. I, Ohio State would be another team that's like, for whatever reason, isn't really being discussed a lot and should be. Mm. I think uh, what's interesting is the brackets start in Indianapolis and it ends in Indianapolis. And it is going to be all over that area from Hinkle Fieldhouse to Lucas Oil and all that stuff. Having covered the college basketball tournament as a reporter and like traveling with teams and stuff, this is going to be such a unique experience that I think it's almost going to be more like an AAU tournament than it is going to be like the NCAA tournament, where before the teams that really were good at travel, where your fan base could come in like a North Carolina and, and take over an entire city Not pretty much, uh, or the fact that you know, you'd go to El Paso and you would see four logos up there and you're one of them. And it was like this really big deal. Now everybody's even 
You know, there's no fans and everyone's staying in the same hotels and all that stuff. What kind of an impact do you think that's going to have on the game itself? That's just a phenomenal question. And that question can be answered by looking at what happened in the NBA bubble. So I've been thinking about this a lot. How is college basketball's tournament going to be affected by this AAU atmosphere, as you said? I mean, that's what I think it was Luca Garza that said it feels like a glorified AAU tournament. You know, and, right and, now, and you know this as someone that played AAU, there are guys that are great in AAU and that really struggle with organized team basketball. Yeah. And, and, and we saw this happen in the bubble where certain guys excelled in that AAU atmosphere. One, why is that? And then back to the original question of how it's going to – like why do you think that happens? Well, when you're playing AAU, you're playing three games in a day, five games in two days, maybe seven games in a weekend. You're showcasing – it's so much more about how can I get mine and the winning is like an extra. Whereas when you're playing high school basketball, obviously guys want to score and do well, but it's about the team and everything else seems to fall into place. AAU is like, it's so individualized and it's, it's a great, I mean, what that it's been so criticized AAU, but what it's done, it's been so good for skill development and guys playing way more basketball, and also playing in big games. Now, when you go play Peach Jam, for example, there's thousands of people in those gyms to watch. Yeah. So you're getting an experience, a pressurized experience, against other elite players. You're getting that much earlier than you would have even at the yeah. college level. So a team like, if you go back to the NBA bubble, what teams did really well? Well, look at who made the finals out of the East. Look at the Miami Heat. They Miami had and Denver blend. were the two teams Denver, that another one. Perfect blend of, obviously, you have to have good players. You have to have good coaches. And Spolster and Mike Malone, both good, both great. But you need to be able to have that veteran leader, that alpha dog guy, that when things maybe aren't going so well or when things start to get static can say, this is how we need to reset. They mm. Miami had a couple of them. I mean, they had Jimmy Butler. They had Drogic. They had young, mature guy. Um, two great young mature players in Hero and, and Bam. I mean, they had like this perfect blend. Then they had Iguodala. They've been there before. You talked about Denver. Well, they had two great young players, but also like a guy in Jokic who has become this alpha male in a very So are you getting to tell me that teams with more seniors will have an advantage in this environment? Well, that's why you want to have – so in the case of – let's talk about Iowa, for example. Like Iowa has – a really good coach in, in Fran McCaffrey. They have junior and senior players in Connor McCaffrey, Bohannon, the all-time leader in assists in Iowa, Luca Garza. Um, they, they have a, a, just a nice blend, but they don't have, Iowa doesn't, like a great freshman player. Look at Illinois. Now, all of a sudden, you have this blend of everything. You know, you have Coburn and Frazier and Cabello and, and DeSumo and Brad Underwood, who's been – all around the country, I, I think that lends itself better. You know, another team that would that would like fit this this bill, and and this is almost ironic that you know they don't have. Um, you would look at them as like a dark horse, but a team that we need to watch out for, and I, it feels weird even saying this is North Carolina. Mm. I mean, North Carolina. Now they the don't have seed. Like the they could face Baylor in that second round. I know it's the. They don't have like the veterans. The Car the Carolina does doesn't of like a, an Iowa. But what they do have is 
great young players and an experienced coach and Roy Williams, who's obviously he's won three national championships. Uh, Caleb Love is playing when he plays well, he's elite. You know, Garrison mm-hmm. Brooks, uh, Baycott, th- these are McDonald's All-Americans. And because of this weird season that Carolina had, nobody's really talking about them. But, you know, it's just it's like this dark horse, but not really. I, I, I'm I, I'm fascinated by that team. Mm. It's I, I noticed yesterday there are three possible one eight matchups that are very intriguing to me in that second round, that round of 32. One is if Michigan has to face LSU. I think LSU is a really good looking team and Michigan's banged it's up. a score. Yeah. You mentioned Baylor, North Carolina. And then the fact that like Illinois might have to play Loyola, Chicago, which is mm. like an in-state rivalry. And I, fun. Loyola is one of those. Are, are they veteran laden from what I've heard? Like they have yes, a lot of experience. But, but, y- yes, but they they're I don't think they're going to be Georgia Tech. So, mm. yes, no. These the, the, these kind of classic mid-major senior teams, it's great to have. But Georgia Tech has the best player in that game in Jose Alvarado, and I think they're going to win that game. But it would be fun to see Loyola Chicago versus Illinois. Well, what was the first one you said? Uh, Michigan LSU. That's the game. That's the game because LSU. I mean, go go watch Javante Smart play. Can I can I, mean, I tell you really quick before you get yeah. into it? Watching the SEC tournament and seeing the amount of shooting. That is now in that conference. When I think about like the SEC in the past, where like all those teams, the Arkansas, the LSUs, like they were not based on shooting. They were based on athleticism. And it just made me realize where the state of basketball is that it's three point shooting all over the place. Now they have good athletes too, but it just, I was like, wow, the game yeah. has really changed in the last five years. Yeah, it has. I, I actually, wa- watching the SEC tournament, I, I was. I don't think that league is quite as good as it's uh, never been a deep league ever. Yeah, but it's usually been Kentucky, Florida, Florida and then everybody else. Yeah. But Florida's had their teams. Uh, Obviously Kentucky, LSU, you know, Mississippi state has had a, has had a, uh, a couple good teams. Um, Arkansas, Auburn. I mean, South Carolina went to the final four. Auburn went to the final four. All right, one one more random question. Oh, but you, before you didn't we... let me answer the question. Yeah, you were going to talk about LSU. Okay, go for it. Well, I just think LSU and Michigan is a is an incredible matchup, and Javante mm. Smart, especially without livers, I mean that's you know Xavier Simpson's not walking through that door. They don't they don't have that. So I would I would love to see that game, and LSU would they would not be a heavy dog in that in that matchup. The only other random team I wanted to ask about is the six seed Texas Tech Red Raiders. Can they do anything in this tournament, or are you not a fan? Who's their 11 game? Uh, Utah State. And if they win that, they'd have to yeah. play Arkansas Colgate. Yeah. Te- Texas Tech, the problem with Just because Beard had them in the championship two years ago. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the prob- so they're, they're, you look at them in two ways. One is Chris Beard is like he's a great coach. Um, they, they, they're great defensively regardless. But they don't have, you know, if you go back two years and you watch that that game against uh, Virginia, you know, they had two really good guards and Matt Moody, who's in the G League, and and Jared Culver, who was a lottery pick by the Wolves. They, they just don't have that. I mean, you know, the, the problem 
when you play even a Utah State who's ex- extremely efficient offensively is, you know, despite your de- you're, you're going to have to be able to score points. And let's say hypothetically they were to get past Utah State and play Arkansas, who's a favorite, obviously, in the first round. Um, they would get blitzed in that game, I, I think. They don't have the guards to break you down. They would turn the ball over. And Chris um, Beard, the Nick Nurse of college basketball. Yeah, I like uh, that comparison. I like that uh, comparison. One, one last selfish question. Does my Do my Syracuse Orange stand any chance against San Diego against State? State? I, have, I have been – can I curse on this? But no, I can't. Yes. I have been shitting on Syracuse all year. <laughs> shitting on them. Like – they don't play hard. They have no identity. That zone is a joke. Beheim has lost his touch. I mean, I have been all over. Them. They have the perfect matchup oh, in San really? Diego State. Perfect. Now, Coach Dutcher is a really good one. Uh, San Diego State, this is not like a rock fight type of team, but they're not. What's been the MO with them for years? They, they have great athletes that can't athletes shoot. Athletes that can't shoot. This, this team shoots it a little better, but Syracuse got a dream scenario with a team okay. that can't exploit the zone. And, you know, obviously you're, you're, whenever you, whenever you zone up, what are you vulnerable against? You're vulnerable against yeah, three points on the wings. Yeah. yeah. And so San Diego state's going to get their own offensive boards, but Hey, buddy, Bayhine now he's making some shots. I got to give him credit. And, and Syracuse, I actually think is going to win this game, despite the fact that uh, they have not had a great year. My, my big hope. And I know this is like, uh, kind of a given is to have all of these people in the same area. I really hope that it ends up being a clean tournament and not from a, I'd hate for teams to advance because of a forfeit, which is like a real possibility, but like, it's a really scary scenario to have people from all over the country coming to Indianapolis. Like I'm, I'm hoping it ends up okay. Just for all these kids who I'm sure you've talked to coaches and, and kids. We talk about, how NFL players had to quarantine from the rest of their friends and family. Like these are unpaid kids that have had to like shut down the outside world and only do this for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, but the reward is so immense to be there now. And it's obviously going to be tough. And like guys are going to be quarantined for two days. You know, it's, it's like the NBA bubble where they can't leave the room. Um, they're not going to be able to practice. It's, it's going to be hard, but they're so happy to be in it now. Um, I do. I do want to ask you a question before before you get me. Get sure. Me. I want to ask the Adam Lefko Final Four National Champ. I just. I, I would love to hear your thoughts. So most of what I'm going to say is based off of what you just said. Um, I'll have Gonzaga in the Final Four. Uh, you got me thinking about Ohio State in the Final Four. Um, so I'm going to put them in over Baylor. So I'll put Gonzaga, Ohio State. Uh, you made a great argument for Texas, um, but I am going to put Alabama in the Final Four. You didn't okay. like that one. That's fair. Very fair. And Illinois. So I will go Gonzaga, Ohio State, Alabama, and Illinois with a final of Gonzaga, Illinois with – Gonzaga and Mark Few finally lifting up the trophy. Mm. You, you know what's I, I love it. And I think it would be very, it would be, you know, there's two things we haven't mentioned, and then we're out of here. I know you're gonna get rid of me. If Gonzaga goes 32 and 0 and runs the table, it'd be the first team since 1976, Indiana. Ironically, it would be in Indianapolis. Mm. Um, so maybe Bobby Knight. Was that was up. that the Keith Smart shot? No, over? no, that okay. was that was later. 
That was that um, was over Syracuse. Yeah, that was way later. It was like '88. I think it was. I, uh, I listen when I was in Louisville. I had to cover Louisville, Kentucky, and Indiana, and so all I heard about wow. from Indiana was how they used to be great in the seventies and eighties. And then well, they, they just the fired one... Archie Miller about an hour ago. Um, really? Yeah, and he was getting fire Archie chance at the Big Ten tournament. It was brutal. But but Gonzaga, former Dayton was, coach, former Dayton coach. Yeah, uh, it would be great to see the Zags win in that sense. You know, growing up in Seattle, they were always kind of the, the little brother until they weren't. Um, and then also, uh, it's crazy that we haven't talked, we haven't said a single word and we've talked a lot about the big 12. Haven't talked about Kansas at all. Not a word. Bill self. What is it? 30, uh, NCAA tournaments in a row for that guy. Well, what do you think about Kansas? Do you want to talk about him? Is that why you brought him up? No, I, I I don't, you know, I think when you're talking big 12, you, like I said, I mean, Kate Cunningham is so dynamic and so different, you know, he's not. I love I, I love him because he's not like this classic high flyer. He really he has such a pro game, Adam. That that's the way I would describe him. Mm. You know, he has a real pro game, and he, he's going to be an all star, a superstar. And I think he's, I, wa- I wanted to ask you one. A, a, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, we, we've already talked about Cunningham. Uh, I want to talk about one non college basketball, one non basketball question for you. Oh, okay. Uh, you are a Seahawks fan. Uh, yes. Do you think that Russ is going to get traded? Do you think the Seahawks oh. would actually follow through? Or is this Russ just trying to show a little bit of power during a moment in the NFL where quarterbacks are really going, no, I realize how important I am and you haven't surrounded me with enough and I'm not happy about it. it the it's a, it's a terrible situation for the Seahawks to be in, not for Russ. I mean, Russ is holding the cards. He's a 31-year-old hall, walking Hall of Famer who is entering the prime of his career and for the first time, I think, Adam, really realizes the power he has. And it's in the perfect timing for him to do it because of his age, because of the quarterback power in this league, and because you know he's been sacked almost 400 times. Um, he's never complained about the lack of an offensive line until now at least publicly. And he's saying, okay, if I want to be, and he believe it, he, he wants to win multiple Super Bowls and be in this conversation of truly sure. one of the all time. He doesn't want to sit there and go. The only reason you won was because of Legion of boom. No. And he, he, in his heart of hearts, he knows he should have two. I mean, if, if you would have asked oh, the average yeah. NFL fan after that Super Bowl, they won. How many would, would Russell win? They oh, would they say, thought, well, yeah, they're going to win at least one more. So he knows he should have two. That's already in his, that's already in his mind. And like Russ, think about Russell. And I've talked to a lot of current and former players, uh, teammates. Think about Russell is that like, here's what Michael Bennett said, who, who was there a long time. He said, Russ has played through the craziest stuff that when you watch him in the hotel lobby the day before, we're saying there's no way he's going to play tomorrow. And then, sure enough, he gets a shot and he throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns. And that's the kind of toughness and star power that you he's earned. At the same time, and I hate to say that at the same time, Seattle's very stubborn. Schneider and Pete Carroll have this power structure where they work in lockstep. And they're not going to trade Russell Wilson unless they get at least four number ones or three number ones and established starters. And they know 
despite all the great things they've built around him and all these winning teams, they know that without him, they're back to square one, which is not having a quarterback, which is the worst place to be in the league. Yeah, I th- I feel like the the real issue there uh, is the lack of an offensive mind that can fight back to Pete Carroll and say, I know that Pete, you like running the ball, but here's the problem. You haven't had the legion of boomers. You don't have anyone on your defense that matches that level that you had back there. And it's not just about Jamal Adams in the back. And it's not just about KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner. It's the fact that the legion of boom was given that amount of time back there because you had a great D-line as well. You don't have those pieces anymore no. to run the ball. And you don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore either. And so I think what the fact that Russ came into this season with the let Russ cook mentality, and for the first four weeks of the year was the runaway MVP yeah. candidate in the season. And then Pete Carroll said, let's pull it back. With yeah, that Rams loss and the, the loss ball. at Buffalo, Russ realized even in the perfect offseason where you guys say all of the right talking points and I have the, the final word with Brian Schottenheimer to run the kind of plays that I want, we're always going to go back to what you want in the middle of the season, the playoffs. And I think he realized that. And I think for Russ, even more so than Tom Brady going there with Bruce Arians and having complete control and a really good offensive line, I think that for Russ – he saw what Aaron Rodgers experienced last year, where two years ago, or two or three years ago, they finally move on from McCarthy, and, and Rodgers enters a partnership with their head coach. And they're able to create an offensive system around him that was to his abilities. And I think Russ is going, I don't have to do this. And I, I'm, I don't think, like, I think that Deshaun Watson has his heels dug in. And I, I think that Deshaun Watson will not play this season, even if he misses games and loses money, because Deshaun Watson's going to go, okay, so you're going to take tens of millions of dollars away from me. You're eventually going to have to move me, and I will make all of that money back. Like, I will, like, and then some. Taysom Hill's getting four-year 140, even though it's all avoidable and all that. But I'm, I'm curious how dug in Russ really is. I'm curious how, how well, much he's really willing to fight. Well, when I, when I, he, he, as you know, Adam, he has a very small inner circle. Uh, when I talk, there's one person very close to him that I've talked to some, you know, it's, 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 everything is this, but the sense I've gotten is Russ, he does love Seattle. He loves the community. The, the city is a, is a, it's a Seahawks city and it's a Russell Wilson town. I mean, no athlete holds more power in that city by far. It's Russell Wilson. And so he, the fact that there is position from an external standpoint, the fans support Russ. And I have noticed over the last, I would say legit three years, there is a, for the first time, Pete Carroll, maybe it's time for him to move on. And that has mm. grown. And the, part of the issue that Seattle's had is they, they just had bad coordinators. I mean, if you go back to when they won the Super Bowl and they had Dan Quinn, Gus Brad, they, they, they had, they've had really good ones. And then all of a sudden, Chris, you look yeah. at the last few years. I mean, Norton, uh, uh, Schottenheimer, Bevel. Russell hasn't had somebody that, to me, is in line with him. You, you talked about Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. LaFleur and him see eye to eye. You know, Kingsbury and Murray see eye to eye. Russ doesn't have that peer. He just doesn't. 
He needs a coordinator that is new age thinking and that has the power to stand up to Pete Carroll and, and say, this is how we're times run it. a year. He is facing a divisional opponent that has an offensive mind. Think about those coach. coaches. McVay, That's why Shane, I brought it up. Cliff Kingsbury came in and built something around Kyler. Kyle Shanahan, if Kyle Shanahan was with Russell Wilson, he might throw for 6,000 yards. Oh, yeah. And then well, Sean McVay, who's like, hey, look. Stafford's going to throw for 6,000 yards. I mean, Matt Stafford, who knows what he's going to do this year. He's going to uh, kill it. Schultz, it's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, appreciate the insight on college basketball, a little bit of uh, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks. Is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Only thing I would ask is, is can we, this means a lot to me to ask is can we revisit in a potential left go Schultz pod before the end of the tournament? Yeah. I mean, is that, that's is that too a quick of a turnaround? Uh, the only reason that I give hesitancy is this next month is the biggest cluster that I've had in a very long time where it's college basketball next week. I'm hosting Tuesday and Thursday NBA on TNT, which is going to be interesting. Awesome. Um, All right. Well, just know I'm available. And then I got some NFL draft stuff going on with Connor Rogers where I feel like I'm just being pulled, but we'll, we'll maybe it's an Instagram live. Where can people find you on social media? At Jordan Schultz is my IG and at Schultz underscore report is Twitter. But I'm Instagram. If you DM me, I will get back to you. I have had a lot of fun with my, especially the people that send the hate mail. I mean, those are the most fun because I'll just oh, respond yeah. and say, you know, well, let, let's have a conversation. I, I love it. So hit me I, up I had, I had an experience recently where uh, a kid called me every name in the book for days and he was in my my unreads oh yeah i went in there and i just said hey man hope you're doing great and he was like screw you blah 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 and it it just and i kept sending him positivity and he kept cursing me out and then after three days which i can't believe i spent all this time going back yeah that's what that's yeah because it it, and the the best thing is always when it's like graduate in high school 23 and i was like god what year are you um and he goes he goes hey can I get an internship? <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, I was like, I'm man, good at I, that. and I, and I, I sent him a message and I said, I said, listen, I hope you see that there is zero to gain from talking to people like this. And all you can do is hurt possible relationships in the future. Exactly. And really, if you feel that way, just, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? No, it's exactly but, right. I love I love the goal at the end to say, you know, no things haven't gone so well between us, but let me get an internship. Yeah, he, he thought that because I was sending all this positivity that, like, he, that I really just appreciated him. And I was like, no, yeah, I'm trying to show the you. Hatred, the vitriol. Yeah, I'm trying to show thing. you that that negativity isn't good for anybody. Okay. No, I've had the same, and it's it's always the truth. But you're, you're, you're such a positive out output guy uh, you're a positive force in my life and uh, i'm proud to call you a friend for jordan schultz i am the l-e-f-k-o-e man ingber do you want to say anything before we go or should i just rap you go right ahead and rap okay uh we will holla 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 at you later thank you jordan <laughs>